Okay. So thank y'all for joining us on the official first episode of the Scholar Homies podcast. The game is to be told, not sold, conversations with the soul. So of course, my first guest on the podcast had to be no other than the future Dr. Joe Luis Hernandez. And depending on when you're listening to this, he may or may have not defended his dissertation defense. So we're recording on November 1st, 2022. Um, so as my thought partner in academia, of course, you're the first person that I told that I have this idea of a podcast and you've been helping me think through the name and the tagline. Um, specifically, I wanna ask you first about the game is to be told, not sold. Um, and I would like to start there. What? Tell me what that means to you. To me, the game is to be told or not sold. It's a liberation of ideas. It's really, I was in a, in a presentation last Thursday and, um, and we were presenting to this guy and he talked about how he was an abolitionist. He talked about patriarchy. He talked about white supremacy. He talked, so I think what, what, what the game is to be told in our soul is twofold, right? One is the knowledge that is developed as people gain experience, right? Like whether it be in your career, whether it be, you know, uh, in research, whether it be in life, right? Because oftentimes the game is knowledge. Right? And this knowledge is used to win. So as, as, as you gain this knowledge, there's a lot of people right, that, that will charge you to, to learn, right? Like you have ACA, you have the colegas leadership stuff, like all this stuff is chargeable, right? And, and it should be in an essence, if it's in that setting. But when there's mentorship involved and when there's just like at institutions, I believe those that are more senior scholars, those that are more senior administrators, those, those that are more senior in the career should be reaching out to those that are newer and imparting with them the wisdom that they've already experienced. Right? During my dissertation, one of my students talked about there's experience, there's street knowledge, and then there's wisdom that comes from that experience. And I think that's what the first part is, is sharing that wisdom with those that might not have it yet. The second part of, of, of the game is to be sold and not told. I, I think that is, is also the understanding that when you're communicating and you're using terms, right, that are not regularly used or, or that, so like I said, like that guy, he was using patriarchy, he was using white supremacy, he was using uh, abolition, right? And I had to, I raised my hand and I was like, can you explain those terms, right? Because he's working with community college students that might not have taken an ethnic studies course, that might not take a sociology course, that honestly, that might not even give a fuck about what he's talking about because they don't know what it is. So automatically they're now turned off because they don't understand these terms. And so he was like, I, I was like, I think that's the other part, right? Because when we're in conversation, we have knowledge that other people might not know. Right, so then when people say something and don't explain it, then it gets taken out of context and then it's used in a different context. It's weaponized. And, and I think that's what, what the game is to be told in our social media is sometimes like, and I, I, I fall, I'm at fault some days because some days I'm gonna, 
some days I look at people and if I don't like them, I'm like, I'm just going to let your ass crash. But that's, that's the bad part of me, right? Because for my mentees, for the people that I'm close to, right, I'm going to talk to them and I'm going to tell them. I go for somebody that I don't like, right, or somebody that's burned me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sip my tea, right? And, you know, be like, una bendición and, you know, good luck, right? Like, like you're an asshole, so I'm not going to help you here. You know, I, I, and I think, but that's my, my internal back. Go ahead. I think that kind of brings up me up, that brings up um, a good point and, and why we, I'll, I'll ask later, but, um, but we connect really well and we've connected really long, uh, for a really long time now. And when, okay, I don't know, I'm going to have to edit this little piece out, but I don't know how to even ask this. Sometimes I don't know how to like categorize you, right? Like you're my friend, you're my thought partner, um, but you're my scholar homie. And when I call you my scholar homie, that has a lot of weight to it, right? Like that term um, means something to me. What does it mean to you? I think the term scholar homie, right? It's a marriage of two ideas. A scholar being a person that creates wisdom, a person that seeks wisdom, and homie, right, which is a little translation, is friend. But for um, with the Breaking Barriers Network and the homie training, right, we specifically named it the homie training because the word homie to somebody like me and someone like you that comes from the streets that live the life that is about it, right? It means someone that's trustworthy, someone that's reliable, right? And someone that you can talk to. You know, so for me, right, like, like, I think we have like this vibe that I see you as a mentor, but I see you as a friend and I see you, right? There's very few people, right, that, they get the full feather 100 of me. Because I understand the full feather 100 of me with the world culture, with the, not the world culture, with just regular culture, might not be ready, right? So I have to understand and censor myself, right? So that I don't hurt feelings, I don't offend people. And I do that intentionally because I understand what space I'm in. Right, like when you're on the street, it's rough, rugged, rock. Right, like we're going to tell you something, and we're going to tell you how it is. You know, and, and it's funny because in recovery, we have the saying, right? I'm not going to pat you on the ass or your back because it's going to lead to me in your grave. So I'm going to tell you the truth, and it's going to hurt. Right, and I, and I think a homie is able to tell you the truth, even if it's gonna hurt your ego and your feelings. And I think that's what today, right, like, and it's funny, right, because now you're tying all this and homie to scholar and scholar, right, like I'm gonna tell you the truth and here's the literature for it. 
right? I'm going to tell you the truth, right? And here's how this literature is misused, right? I'm going to tell you the truth, and here's how this literature, although it thinks it's pushing equity, right, it's really erasing our relations, right? Because like, like, like if, 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 if like, let's say for instance, right, like if we're researching Latin Ilana, right, and all we ever do is look at Latin Ilana of bad light, look at Latin Ilana uh, as, as a skin color, and look at Latin Ilana as, as only undocumented, right, or queer. What about all the Latinos going through the foster care system? What about all the Latinos that have been incarcerated? What about all the Latinos that are that, that might have experienced, you know, it goes back to what you just said, uh, your first comment about the speaker that you heard last week, who was speaking to community college students and may have not heard those terms, right? So one thing I always tell my students is, I got to meet you where you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're forgetting sometimes in these academic spaces, is that we're, we're pushing a narrative. I'm going to say we're pushing a narrative, but we're, we're sometimes not meeting everybody where they are and we're forgetting our positionality and assuming that they've all had like you said these you know ethnic study courses that they've been in these spaces and we have to remember like if I can't explain it to my mom who graduated high school then I need to like process right break it down a little bit and make sure that we're not leaving you know, are hinted behind, right? And even at that, right? Like, right to the fucking previous people, right? We, we, right, even myself, right? Like, I make a good living. I fucking work in higher education, right? I fucking, I, I do a lot. Like, like I have a privilege, right? Like, fuck, we went to Yale, right? Like, got flown out. We got a hotel, right? And, and then we're getting people hurt. Like, that's a privilege, yeah. right? But I think what we forget about is us people here in this higher education in this privileged space. Like you said, if you can't explain to your mom, sometimes I have to go back and think, what is 17-year-old, 18-year-old, 19-year-old Joel going to think about this, right? Like fucking 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 17-year-old Joel was a fucking hell raiser, right? Like, you couldn't tell me nothing. But that guy is who we all supposedly want to reach. Right. Right. Like like that queer student, that queer person that maybe that isn't even in higher education. Right. That undocumented student, right? That undocumented, not even student, right? That undocumented person that's working on seventh and central here in Los Angeles. Right. That like. Right. And 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 and, and, and so. So when we speak, we speak from a privileged position to a privileged population of a marginalized population, right? And it's that like, there's a sliding scale, right? Of where people are, right? Because if a student is here in higher education, they're on their way, right? And it's our job to support them on their way to where they wanna go. And it's not to indoctrinate, it's to present knowledge and allow them to make decisions for themselves. Right. If, if one of my students wants to call themselves a convict, like I can tell them, like, hey, you know, convict is doing X, Y, and Z, right? Like, we use this term. If they continue to use the word convict, that's the person's right. 
right? Like, and, and I think that's where we have to like kind of understand. And I think it's more prevalent with my student population than it is with maybe other student population because some of my students are like fresh out of prison, fresh right off the streets. Like some of my students are still fucking high. Right? And then they come after time after time, then some days they stop using. Maybe they're using again, right? Like this is the population that I work with, right? And, and I think when we use such big terms and we forget about this privilege that we have that we're educated, as we're advocating for marginalized students, we marginalize those further on the margins of that margin, right? Because if they don't agree with us, some, some people will like straight off cut people off. And they're like, oh, they don't, they don't believe in this, so they're bad. Like, no, maybe they don't have the information, or you ain't the person to teach them about it. So that brings up a conference that you and I have talked about um, quite, I feel like uh, quite a few times, the Chola Conference. And I'll get kind of sent the proposal, like, hey, you should consider um, submitting a proposal. Hey, are you coming to this? And I've, I've, I've actually never shared publicly. I've only shared this with you um, in private, but I've told you that I feel so far removed right now from the streets that I don't even feel that I should be in that space. And that I strongly believe that if you're coming from the streets, that you identify as a chola previously or currently, that that's a space for you. And that now being me so far removed, like I would be co-opting being in that space and I'm taking up space for somebody who may need it. Mm. What do you think? You always see a bottle stuck up in your head. I do. Right. And, and, and I think, so I can look at what you said in two ways. One, you're right, right? You're so far removed from the streets that, that it feels strange to be in that position, right? Two, Right, maybe you need to be in those spaces so that they can see what happens after a while. Right? And it's like tech recovery, right? The, these identities are traumatized and stigmatized identities, right? Like a person in recovery, right? People with 20 years, 30 years, 40 years clean continue to go to meetings to show those with a day what the possibilities are. And I think in 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 you showing up to the trauma conference, right? you're going to see, they're going to see like what a professora, right? What a child out turns into a professora, right? Because the other thing of that is like, you, you as me know, you know, people that are co-opting, saying shit, when they ain't really fucking about it. When they were making fun of these cholas, when they were fucking, like, oh, you were a chola, but you were AP classes. Oh, you were a cholo, but you like, you were from a hood. Like, or, you know, and I think that's the thing where we're, it's so funny. I think we complain so much about fucking oppression, but we want to like use these oppressed identities to maybe is it to gain out? Right? Like if you never experienced that shit, like why are you claiming it? So what's, a, what's really heavy on my mind right now is because it's, we're recording this in the morning that we found that um, we found out that the, the rapper Takeoff was killed in Houston just a few hours ago. And I'm thinking about, and I think I've shared this before in a platica with you, 
or in a meeting maybe somewhere, but I, I'm thinking about this experience when um, we lived in National City. And if you're not familiar, National City's um, a marginalized community in San Diego, California. And there was a killing, this, this, this man was murdered in, the, in our driveway essentially. And then you know, if, if you've ever had to deal with that, you, you deal with this trauma, this experience, and you know, like you're, you're living through that. And then you go about your day, you go on your campus and the people in your campus community have no idea that you've just experienced this trauma, right? And so it's a matter of like almost merging or like these two worlds that are like so far apart, but they're your worlds and they blend. So thinking about how, what I said about like being so far removed, thinking about like, I'm thinking about Takeoff who's in a different industry, but who didn't have to be, let's, let's like, this is a moment of judgment, didn't have to be at a dice game where he was shot and killed this morning. What do you think about, about that? So I had an experience when I had about five years to be. And I was bored with my boring life breakup. Right? Where like I was just dating girls and I was going to meetings and I was like, I want something more. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go back to my hood and kick it with my homies, they were my friends, right? I started going clubbing, right? So like, you know, like Portreros and Parayon, right? Like Usake, we price up bank. Um, and I started kicking it, right? And there was a gradual change in my demeanor. Right. And I remember one time I was talking to my and, and then one day I married Kino and my homies and brought some of my homie girls from recovery. Right. And then people started getting my nickname. People started, we started banging, right? And then I was like, oh shit. And then one day my friend Jeff, he's this white cat. And he goes, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he was like, why are you back in your hood? And I was like, well, I'm not banging and I'm not this. He goes, just because you're not playing the game doesn't mean they're still not. And, and, and it was like, he's like, you're putting yourself in danger. He goes, just because somebody from your past, what are you going to tell them? Like, oh, you know, I'm clean now. Do you think they're going to forget if you, you know, if you whoop their ass? You don't think they're going to forget if you did something to them or one of their homeboys? Because they're going to try to get you. And I had to fucking say that, right? And it's like, it's hard, right? And it's like the same thing with Nipsey. Right? Yeah. He wanted to give so much back to his community that the envy in his community right, took him out. Right. Right? Living that lifestyle. And I think that's what ends up happening, right? Is these rappers live, live these personas. And they're so ingrained in them that that they forget where they're at, right? Like they're with real motherfuckers. So that to me is the difference, the clear difference from being like quote unquote like a hood scholar. Like when they say like um what's what's what what's the term that we hear everyone say, like, oh I'm I'm from, from the hood. Yeah, like from the hood to being hooded. Yeah. 
is, is something that we see a lot in academia. And I think that's the difference, right? Like there's a difference between being from a marginalized community and then from being like in the gangs, having being from the streets, having that like firsthand experience of being in the hood to being hooded, right? Or, or to being in educational spaces. I think you have you had to navigate life totally different, right? Like we said, like there's a difference between banging in the streets and being in AP classes. Yeah. You probably weren't doing the same at the same time. And so that's the co-opting that you and I probably talk about a lot. And, that and I, it, I, good. But this is what happens, right? Like takeoff, was it a dice game in the hood? Yeah. Like, shit popped off and it was time to be a real one. He probably was a real one, but somebody got a little more realer than him, right? And he got a hood response. And and I think those are the things, right, that people aren't seeing when you're saying, like, I'm from the hood. Like, everybody wants to be from the hood until the family hood. Right. Right. And, and, And I think these experiences, right, like having guns pointed at me, being fucking shot at, right, like being locked up, being degraded by fucking cops, right, doing fucking shit to me, right, because of fucking stripping me naked and fucking, you know, making sure I don't have any contraband, right, like these, right, like I remember one time I was locked up, and I was locked up with this younger cat from where I'm from, and he started crying, and and he was like, this isn't me, and this isn't who I'm supposed to be. And I told him, shut the fuck up. And he was like, why are you talking to me like that? I was like, bro, you want to kick it with us? You want to have fun with us? You want to use dope with us? You want to drink with us? You want to go out with women with us? Right? Like, you want to be with us? I was like, this is the price that we pay. Right? So either you fucking get with it or you fucking get out. Right? And I paid a lot of those prices. So I think some days I get do get in my feelings when people are getting, you know, co-op experiences. They're like, no, like you didn't like fucking you didn't do that. You weren't from there, you know? And and I think it it it, it it's sad that that that, that a black life was lost. But like when you're in those spaces, like there's only two outcomes. And you're playing with money. Yeah. Like people act funny when it comes to money. Like, so these spaces are become like, like although we're from there, we become estranged to there. Right? And it's like, you know, like if you had a parent that you grew up with, but because some shit happened, you no longer talk to them. So you're estranged from them. Like you're still related to them. You're still from there, from them but you're no longer near them. I think that begins to happen. It's like little Wayne. Why the fuck did he have to go to jail and have all those fucking guns when he's a fucking multimillionaire? Like, come on, like, it's like Aaron Hernandez. I'm getting emotional because it's, it's, this shit's real, right? And this happens all the time. Last April, I think it was, when I was um, in town, I went to go see the homegirl at Homeboy Industries, right? And I will never forget. I was like, okay, I'm in town for a conference. I'm going to Homeboy Industries. I'm going to dress like, you know, I'm not going to go in 
I'm, I'm very mindful of my positionality and my attire, right? So like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna be in jeans on the top or whatever. I went and then I think that's when it really hit me the most that I was so far removed because although in my mind, I was dressed, I don't know. I just felt like out of place in that moment. Like I am so many years removed from that, right? Like it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I, it was just a moment, like a, a reality moment for me, like how far and how many, how just how many years removed I, I am from those experiences. Um, and then just thinking of, of Offset today. And I, I also think, I don't even think I've ever shared this with you, but like, I remember the very clear moment when I made that decision, right? Like you're going to either continue and potentially get some time or you're going to make your, you're going to do right. You're going to do something differently. Right. And for me, it was a moment of, um, I, I'll just say, I had a cousin who was on the run and he needed some money. And I went and I went, I met him where he was secretly to give him some money so that he can continue um, being in hiding for a little bit longer. And I was pregnant with Melania and I was very pregnant with Melania. I was pregnant enough with Melania where I realized driving there that if I got caught, I would be giving birth to Melania, potentially incarcerated. And that was it for me. Yeah, when at I, that point, you were aiding and abetting. That was exactly. And that was, that was the moment where I'm like, I love you. This is, here's some money and I'm done. I'll put money on your books. But as far as like, because, and it wasn't even for me. That's the thing. It was because I was gonna, it was for my child, right? And that was this, some, the, like at some point something has to click for you and you're like okay you know I mean it's funny because all the places I've been to that have brought me to success I've been there begrudging I don't want to fucking get clean but I ended up clean I don't want to fucking get educated but I ended up educated right and I think and, and because of two reasons right I was I was so sold that on that I was a piece of shit and that I deserved better and that this was life. Right? That that I thought one, I, I'm always gonna be from the hood. I'm always gonna be a drug addict, right? Like this is it. And then I get clean. And then I'm like, okay, this is as good as it gets. I'm clean. I'm gonna work in warehouses. I'm, I'm, I got felonies, I'm not gonna get a good job anyway, so this is where I'm at. I go to school, I get educated, and now I'm fucking, right? I'm about to be a whole ass fucking doctor. That you are, and I'm so fucking proud of you. Right, and, and I think for me, is like, I was sold on a life, and I was like, fuck it. I was facing eight years when I was 20, and I was like, fuck it, I could do eight years. I'll be 28 right now. Right, like, I was 28 when I came to Mount Zach, right? and my life changed because of education. Like, imagine that I could have been either fresh out of prison, or I, I had, at that point, six years clean, I think. 2006. Yeah, six years clean, right? Like, that was the change. 
And I've always, I, I think, like I believe in, in, in God and the power greater than myself. Right? Like, that he would put me places and put people in my life that would help me. And so I think that's what ended up happening. And I had to go through all that to be able to have the gratitude I do today for what I get to do. That's our positionality, right? That we bring into the work. And I think that's, I'll be honest, sometimes when we get asked to go speak at Yale or we get these opportunities, I don't know how you and I are, are chosen in the moment, but I do feel it's because we are authentic and we are passionate that we receive an abundance and I'm, we're going to continue to be receiving an abundance. I want to keep be mindful of time because I know you have a meeting coming up, but I skipped a lot of our questions. We had really good. This is like this. None of this was was rehearsed or or planned. Like I, so, the things that we shared um, are really authentic. But I did want to ask this question. I think that that's what you get from me all the time, right? Like that's all we get. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I get in these spaces and I'm like, I'm going to be professional. I remember like when I did that that uh, that presentation for uh, Dr. V. Yeah, yeah. Right, and I came with it, and then I really did like see like people were like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "Now, nah, like, this is what you want to fucking talk about." Like, this is I am that student, right? Like, I was fucking, I was captured, not raised in captivity, right? So the lion is still in me, and, yeah. and that's the thing, right? Like, it's always there. It's always there. I have to make the conscious choice on whether I, I improve myself. Because if I stop improving, I'm going backwards. You want to do those questions in rapid fire? Not yet, not yet. I had a whole bunch of good questions, but that's okay. Um, I did want to ask before. So there was a segment I was going to do that people, I asked on IG. Um, I was going to call it the people ask, but I think we'll see how far we, um, we get, we get through the questions, but this one is, and of course you're going to have to be like a reoccurring guest because there's no way the thing about Joe and I is that we can talk about that when we had like a Saturday conversation where we spoke for two and a half hours and I wish we would have recorded part of that because it was so good, but that's okay. We can have plenty of them. Somebody asked, how did you all meet? and become partners in research. And I think it's a great story. <laughs> so it was my first time presenting at NASPA Western Regional in Hawaii. And, and I fucking, so I went to Hawaii and I fucking made, I hustled so hard, I made money, right? Like I had, if I say shit anymore, I had Cal State Long Beach paid for me and I had the Department of Rehabilitation paid for me and then I had money. But at that time, I was fucking broke. And I remember going through all the things that saddens me today. And I think that's why we do what we do and why we have to have this purpose is I went through all the presentations and then I saw you and Beto. Right. And, and at that moment, meeting you and meeting Beto, who's formerly incarcerated, right? Like I had not, like, in that space, right? Which was my first professional conference from my first professional space, right, like, and we met, we kept in touch, right, we, we checked, we checked in on me periodically, like, like, I met 
you, Beto, I'm not gonna name the other doc, and the other doc was a male, right? And I would check in, try to check in with him, because at this point, like I've always, like I was like, damn, I have so many female mentors. I was like, I need a middle mentor. But it's always been the females that, that, that step in. And that guy never responded to me, but you would respond to me. And then I remember, so like listening to your presentation and being like, oh shit, because I had a presentation on the same thing, right? And I think those, aside from that conference, I have never seen packed rooms for former incarcerated students. And that was the thing that I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, well, this word and that, you know, it's an ASPA initiative. And I was like, it's not an ASPA initiative. I was like, it's a panel that they do, that people put on. I go, and when you bring in, you know, my student population, you equate it to that. I'm like, that has so much support and my student population doesn't. So to, to, to use your your struggle and use my students to to, to, to act to, to your struggle is taking us back, right? And, and, and I think me and you have been struggling and I think that's where we met, right? It was at NASPA in Hawaii. You know, I couldn't take my wife. I was by myself, right? But it was my first time in fucking paradise. And I think it was the first time if I cried, I probably would have. Because it was just, I never in my life, right? I always joke. Nobody ever paid for me to go anywhere, right? And the only people that paid for me to go somewhere was the city of Los Angeles, the county of Los Angeles, and that was to go to court and to change me to another job, right? And that, at that point, moment, I was funded and paid to go to Hawaii. And so that's when we met, the rest is history. I think the vibe was right. Yeah, the vibe was definitely right. And I'm trying to figure out the year. You know what? My memory is horrible. I can't remember. But 2017. Okay, thank you. <laughs> That's the thing about Joe, that we've been working together so long that he knows if I can't finish my thought, he knows what I'm thinking. And I don't take it for granted because, you know, my memory is shitty. But I, I, I appreciate that he always knows what I'm thinking. So 2017 in Hawaii is when we met. And then we, re so we were the only, um, the only programs or proposals, presentations on formerly incarcerated and system impacted students. And the same, up until then I had, I would look, and at the time I was a doctoral student, I would look on the, the conference schedule and see like who else is presenting on this and it would be nobody, right? And then we realized that if we weren't presenting on it individually, that nobody was presenting on it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then we linked up again at NASPA National in Los Angeles, which was probably 2018, I forget. But I think, yeah. okay, that, what I remember clearly about that conference was that we, could, we, we were with a group, everybody had to go their separate ways, and then we had like an hour or two until like the next session that you and I had to be at, but we basically had like a break. Everybody's jetted and we had a break. And you asked me about like, you, asked, you were started to ask me about like the conference, like the conferencing, how does conferencing work? How did, you know, like authorship and, and peer, like all of this. And I was like, look, I don't know, really. I'm trying to figure it out myself, but this is what I do know. Like whatever I do know, I'm going to share with you, right? 
And I remember that like next, like that next Monday, I sat down and I sent you this long email of like, this is all I know about conferencing. And this goes back to honestly with like how we started the episode, like the game is to be told, not sold. I'm like, this is all the information that I know. And I'm going to share it with you because you want to know. And why am I going to gatekeep information? Right. And you responded to the email, like almost immediately. And I think that's the difference in like maybe other mentorships, femtorships, or, you know, things where sometimes people ask for information and they get it. You may get a thank you. You may not get a thank you. Um, but you, sometimes people don't respond and I'm like, okay, well you responded. I'm like, okay, he's, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. I was like, Hey, next time I hear about a conference proposal, I'll hit you up. And then you responded again to that. Right. And I think that's what started snowballing. And I'm like, okay, we're stronger together. Right. If we are both advocating for the same communities and we, the vibes were right we have like the same kind of mindset, right? Like this anti-deficit lens that we're leading with, like why not link up? We're de- like, why not join forces in that sense? Um, and I think the rest was really history. Like we, we brought on Oscar Duran, we brought on um, Ana Cani Torres, like, and it, and it just snowballed from there. Um, so that's the story of how we met and essentially became partners in research. Um, the good thing we have is we're not about ourselves. No. Right? When we publish, <clears throat> we like between the four of us, right? We know you're your your tenure mouth, right? Yeah. Like when we share data, done data, did writing, we're like if Doctora goes first, we don't care. Right? Like we're we're here to support you in your career just the way that you support us in our career. And I think that's where, I think that's the other thing that we have for each other, right? Is like that we're here to lift each other up and not hate, right? I, I think because you don't, you, you might have not cited something or, oh, you didn't mention me. Like, nah, homie, like, this is, there's this Christian rap song that says, when teams win championships, even players on the bench get rings too. Right? I think that's us, right? Like, when you win, you. I win, right? Our students win. I think, but a lot of people forget about that. I don't jump yeah. on, on this research, right? Just to like promote themselves. Yeah, I, I'm gonna forget who says it, but she said, um, "I shine, you shine, we shine." is is a quote that one of the docs say, and I I love it. Um, in just a matter of days, you will become officially Dr. Joe Luis Hernandez, and I'm so proud of you for that. But how does that make you feel? Surreal. I didn't even want a fucking doctorate. And now I'm getting one. I fucking hate school. I, I saw no point to it. And here I am. Like, you know, like I dropped out of high school three times. Right? I dropped out of community college once. You know, um, I joke around, I hate educa- I hated education so much that now I study. Right, the impact of education on students like me, you know, like it's it's surreal. It's like, you know, it also takes me back being in recovery and being young. I remember once I was nine years old or ten years old, and I, and I told my dad, 
that I wanted to be a doctor, right? And my dad was like, why can't you say doctor? And he was like, why do you want to be a doctor, stupid? He goes, we have a business. He goes, you can make so much money in the business. You're stupid if you want to be a doctor. You should go get it. And, and so I was like, okay, I'm not going to be a doctor. Right? You know, um, and in recovery, we have this dream. We have this saying, right? Lost dreams awaken and new possibilities arise. Right? So in that sense, right? Back then, I wanted to be a medical doctor to help people. Right? Now I'm going to be a doctor to help people with research. Right, and, and it was a lost dream that I had given up on, right, that really dictated my educational experience, right, and, and the new possibilities that arose for me is, like, the reputation that I have in higher education and in the community nationwide, right, like, I'm not just in, like, formerly incarcerated and prison education spaces, like, I'm with the Council of the Opportunity for Education. I'm with NASPA. I'm with right, different areas speaking on, on my research. And so I never in my wildest dreams, you know, like if you would have told 28, if you would have told 19-year-old Joe that this is what I'd be doing, I'd be like, you're stupid. But if you would have told 28-year-old Joe this is what I've been doing, right? And Diana Felix did that, like, not to this extent, but she said that I was writing a thesis. I've been like, you're crazy and that's never going to happen. Right? So now when people tell me, like, you can be this, you can be that, like, it's it's crazy, right, to, to, to know that there's possibilities. What are you going to get yourself as a doctor gift? And should people a- Venmo you? <laughs> should people Venmo you? That's an inside joke <laughs> that... We yeah. won't share with the with the public, but um, all those people that have been, that have asked people to Venmo them to to help with their with their pain and suffering should Venmo me for your doctor me. gift, right? For my doctor gift, but I don't need a doctor gift because I have a good wife. She just that lady blesses me with a lot of stuff, and actually, I bought myself a pair of Jordans for the day of the defense. Nice. So my favorite colorway is is black and light blue. And so I, I had some Jordans and I told my wife, wouldn't it be nice if I wore these Jordans at my defense? And so she bought them. Nice. You know, I, I think, you know, so my wife, I'm very spoiled. Right? I, I'm fucking spoiled. <laughs> this is no qualms about that. <laughs> but, um, but so I'm not really going to get myself anything because I already have almost everything. I thought you were going to say you were going to finish the back tattoo, but. Oh, I'm trying to. I'm actually trying to get a tattoo on my chest. Oh, that's right. The tattoo on your chest. Okay. Yeah. About the doc percentages. Yeah. And I think I'm getting tattoos that mean, if like I would have gotten to prison, I would have been tatted with tattoos that mean something there. So I'm trying to get tattoos that mean something to me in my, in my journey. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I'll get that. But we have to, you know, gotta run it by the wife and see what she says. Run it by the wife and then we'll do like a Venmo thing for you. And I'm kidding. So okay, let's do rapid fire. Okay, um, carne asada burritos or carne asada fries? All me carne asada burrito. Okay. 90s rap or 90s R and B? Never listen to R and B so rap. 
Bitcoin or Apple stock? I want to say neither because I like dividend stocks. Okay. Face, wait, face-to-face -face or Zoom? Face-to-face. -face. Any last words for the people? I think find people that believe in you, that their belief is so fucking scary that scares the shit out of you. Right? In what you can do. Find people, right? and this might not come from people that look like you. Have had experience. I don't have any formerly incarcerated mentors. I thought I wanted one, but do I really need one? I formerly incarcerated friends that have more experience than me, right? But there is no needs in higher education and administration, right? I think there is one, but he texts me every now and then. But I think other than that, man, you know, like, you, Diana, Mr. G, right, Eva uh, uh, Griffiths at Rio Hondo, Ceci, right, um, Dr. Daniel Gabu. Y'all haven't been, right, in, in some of the spaces I've been. Y'all have been in certain situations that I've been, right, but sometimes y'all don't look like me. But y'all believe in me with this fervor of like, I remember when we were talking the other day, you're like, you're going to be, you can be the community college pastor, right? I was like, oh shit, right? Like, you heard it here first. Right. Like, that's scary. When Dr. Joe Luis Hernandez is the next California chancellor, this is where you heard it. Because I believe in you. I believe that you could do it. Why not? Why could you not be the next California state chancellor if you choose? Yeah, I was having lunch with Mr. G on Saturday and he was like, talking to me about presidencies, you know? And I'm like, I thought I was gonna go nowhere in life, and here I am. So I think that's the, the beautiful thing. So, so find yourself people that believe in you more than you believe in yourself, right? Um, and I think that's just the same in, in narcotics and all this, we'll love you until you can love yourself, right? And I think that's what comes on mentorship. They can believe in you until you believe in yourself. I just want to end with, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll have many more episodes, but just in case we don't, you know that I don't want to get emotional, but you mean a lot to me. I don't think I would be able to be the scholar that I am authentically without you backing me up. So I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you. I love you, Doctor. You know, I got you. And we'll wrap up there. I'm gonna ugly Kim cry. <laughs> ugly Kim K cry. It's too early. <laughs> but thank you, Joe. I love and appreciate you so much. And I'm so glad that um we met up at NASPA in Hawaii and that we've written together. We've um, cried together. We've you know, laugh together. We have um, a great, a great strong bond, and um, just know that I always appreciate you. Thank you so much. I'm sorry, I have to go quickly. You know, I know. I'm gonna wrap it. I'm gonna stop it here. <laughs>